You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John Levine will step in the ring with Brennan Tobin, and you're going to fight me? Fight me! Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. Get over here! Everybody's favorite segment of the show, or at least my mother's. Welcome back into hour number two here on the BetQL Network with Brendan Tobin. I'm Sean Levine. Let's go ahead. And let the fight begin. UFC 273 BT right around the corner. I think Korean Zombie is the guy to beat Volkanovski. Nah, I don't. Nah, I don't. I am going to fight you on that. I don't think he is. I think that it's going to be interesting seeing Volkanovski kind of get out of the shadow of this whole Max Holloway thing, certainly. But uh, no, I don't think that Korean Zombie is the guy to do it. I think that, uh, you know, it's a nice story that he's gotten here. It's cool that he's getting this crack at the belt. Because of Max Holloway having an injury, it's a little bit weird that Max Holloway is healthy enough now to fight for this belt again, and he's not fighting for the belt. But no, I think that the guy who's going to take it from Volkanovski is going to be, I think third time will be a charm for Max Holloway once they get there. Volkanovski, though, like he's the ultimate. He'll drag you into deep waters, but maybe not be able to take you out. I mean, we saw that versus Max. We saw that sort of versus Brian Ortega. In the case of the zombie, he's called the zombie for a reason. He gets better as the fight goes along. I don't think he's just going to be there, right, in, like, the late rounds. I think he's going to be there with a chance to win the fight. Maybe. I mean, maybe he is. But I think that one thing that we've seen with Volkanovsky, actually, is that uh, it, it, you're almost better to get him quick. Like, I think we've seen in these Holloway fights that he's a bit of a slow starter, that he lets you you get off early. And that is interesting when you have two guys that do better late uh, typically I'm going to go with the guy who can grapple a little bit more, who can wear you down because I think that, yeah, you're right. If it was, if this was going to be a five round slug fest, I almost like Korean zombies chances against a max Holloway better than I would against the Vulcan objects. Cause maybe he'll catch up with something. Cause you know, max is going to sit there in the center of the octagon and trade. I don't think that Vulcan is going to do that. It just takes something crazy. Like a, Oh, I don't know. Blind spinning elbow with one second left. Like Yair Rodriguez put on him. Speaking of blind spinning elbows, you're going to fight me if I told you that Meatball Molly McCann's knockout last Saturday night is so far my favorite knockout of the year. Oh, man. No, I'm not going to fight you on that. I thought that was awesome. Just the whole thing with the uh, with the atmosphere, with her hugging Dana White, her bringing in the UFC belt, you know, doing it in front of her nation. I, I just It just had everything to it. And you just... And the, th- the thing that make knockouts so special is when they're s- uh, just unexpected. Like you mentioned the, uh, the Yair one, like when you have a knockout like that, you never expect a woman to get a knockout with a spinning elbow. That's crazy. And the thing that's also impressive about it is just like, she was going forward that entire fight. She showed an incredible gas tank. 
and still had that in her bag of tricks late in the fight. It was right before we came on the air, BT. Give your boy some credit. Did I not say I got Molly McCann seven to one by knockout and you were a little bit yeah. ahead of me and you were like, dude, she's beating her up. And she was. I didn't see that coming, though. I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, nah, it was wild. It's wild. I, I, it's going to be a tough one to top this year for sure. You're going to fight me if I tell you that Hamzad, if he does get a chance to step into the uh, cage with Usman within the next, say, year, I think Hamzad would smash him. Smash him. Yeah. You think he's going to smash him? I think he's going to smash him. Yeah. So you don't even think he's going to beat him. You think he's going to dominate him. Yeah, I'm going to fight Did you not you hear now. me? Did I not say smash? I think he's going to smash him. How about he goes and smishes Gilbert Burns before we talk about smishing Usman? Like, I think okay, that's... Okay, first, I think, okay, back it up then. Let, back, let, back it up. Back it up, because that's where we should have gone first. I probably. think that he's going to destroy Gilbert Burns. Okay. I, 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 I can see that, though. Like, I think that he's got a size advantage. I think that it's definitely a step up, but I think this has been a bit of the year, the young contender, the, the up-and-comer. I think that the guys who have been a little bit more established, and Gilbert's been around. I mean, he is uh, he's as live as it gets. He almost had a moment against Usman, you know, a guy he knows very, very well. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think that Usman and Gilbert Burns are in the same class. I think that I think that Kamaru is a cut above, even with that moment that he had in their fight. I think that he's just getting better and better, and uh, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a tough tonight for Hamza when they face off. If they face do, off. You, do you think that's next in line? Let's let, let, let's let's say I'm right, and and and, and Hamza goes out there and just dominates Burns because we're going to see that one coming up pretty soon. And then do we see Hamza actually fight for the belt? That's been talked about now for a minute. The only thing I could see, honestly, the only thing I could see cutting him, if that's the case, if he does look dominant, is Connor. Like, that's the only thing. Like, it, it is out there. It's in the ether. Dana hasn't ruled it out. Connor's put it out there. You know, Kamar Usman would like the payday. So, the only thing that I could see it really, you know, that, that I could see trumping all of it would be a Connor McGregor fighting for the welterweight title. Well, I feel like Connor fight Hamzad. Like, they used to love. Connor the same way they love Hamzad now. He's their boy, right? He's their cash cow. Yeah, let's not get I know, crazy. I know. I know. That's not the way they want to bury Connor McGregor, that's for sure. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine fighting it out here on the BetQL network. Um, we talked a lot about Colby and Mazadal. You're gonna fight me if I'd say that I wouldn't mind seeing that fight one more time. Not right now, but at some point, I wouldn't mind seeing Colby and Mazadal. Colby, excuse me, and Usman get together again. Colby and Usman or Colby and Masvidal? Colby and Usman. Colby and Masvidal, I mean, at All this right. point. Uh, I'm not going to fight you on that. I think that it's a very close fight. Uh, I think we've seen that a couple times now. I do think that Colby needs to do uh, something else to kind of just reestablish himself because I think we've already said, like, look, Usman's got some matchups out there. The thing that's been interesting with, uh, with Colby is, like, he is picky about his fights. Like, he's not a guy that's going to get in there right away. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Masvidal right back in there again soon, all legal trouble being aside. Like, Masvidal, I think would, uh, you know, I think I think he's better when he's more active, and I think that it would almost be better for his career. Like he in, the, in 2019 when he had his run, he fought a lot, and then he kind of went to the spot where he's fighting once a year. So I think he he would be better served by that. Colby is okay with being picky and just going and executing when he gets in there, but uh, I definitely think that he's good enough to warrant at some point a third matchup because they they have been very close fights. Uh, it's a great rivalry. And, uh, and, and I think that he, he, like, unlike tonight where we have, like, Curtis Blades and we're talking about his title chances, like, Curtis Blades got obliterated by Francis Ngannou. It's a tough spot. Um, Colby's a little bit more in the Max Holloway Volkanovsky uh, camp where, like, it's, it, you, you can't, you, maybe there's other matchups you would go, tie goes to the new matchup, but it's not something you'd hate if they do it again. Speaking of Conor McGregor, Jake Paul, your boy, 
he voiced his opinion, surprised, and he said that he would not only knock out Connor, but he would knock him out in one. Now, I'm not going to say I agree with that. That's not where I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say that the further on this goes and the better that he gets at boxing, and now at this point, everybody respects him at least. Like, he's not a scrub. He's not the guy that – he's certainly not the guy that Nate, Nate Robinson thought he was or the guy that Ben Askren was talking about or even Tyron Woodley. Like, he's – everybody thinks that he's a real boxer at this point. The longer that Connor is not in the octagon or the ring or just fighting, and this becomes a Pacquiao and Mayweather type situation, and we see it three or four years after we should have, Man, at some point, Conor McGregor might end up getting knocked out by Jake Paul if that goes down three or four years from now. You going to fight me? No, I'm not going to fight you. I think that you're talking about a, you're almost getting yourself back into a Tyron Woodley situation and that he's going to be taking on somebody that he's naturally much bigger than. Jake Paul's a bigger guy than Conor McGregor. Um, we haven't really seen that one-hitter-quitter power from Conor McGregor you know, once. It's like Eddie Alvarez. I mean, I guess you want to talk about you know knocking out uh, Donald Cerrone with his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, but that—I mean, how long ago was that, dude? And that's—that's three weight classes we're talking. So that's what I'm saying. Like him, so I'm saying the idea of him knocking out Jake Paul. You know, I saw Conor McGregor in a boxing ring. He had like one uppercut on Floyd Mayweather. Granted, you're taking on a a guy who's going to be a much easier target to hit, and he'll have a a grand speed advantage, I would say, over Jake Paul. Um, But yeah, you know, if yeah, if if it goes a couple years, I'm not going to rule it out. I could definitely see, uh, you know, some mistake being made. Um, you know, Jake Paul, it's crazy because that second Jake Paul fight against Woolley was not exciting up until that knockout. It was a pretty terrible fight, but it doesn't matter. Like, is he he just he he waited out and he got the viral moment that that he was waiting for. The two young guys that are probably talked about the most right now in the entire promotion, I would say one Sean O'Malley and two Patty Pimblett. Are you gonna fight me? And I'll give you both these guys that ultimately I don't think either one of them ends up winning the title. I know we still have a while. But I think that they're both great. I think that they're both great behind the microphone and that they definitely have the look. And could they one day fight for a belt? Sure. But we're talking about being world champions here at their weight classes. You're going to fight me if I tell you ultimately neither guy will be. Uh, I'm not going to fight you on that just because simply they may be fighting the two two of the deepest divisions in the sport. I mean, exactly. Bantamweight is an absolute buzzsaw. There's so many good guys there. Um, so that's, a, that's a, a big climb for Sean O'Malley. You know, I could flip flop on this opinion though. If he has, if he has a year like he says he's going to have, and he's going to fight a couple of contenders, and he looks something special, um, then maybe my opinion changes. But yeah, it's hard for me to foresee that right now. Um, Patty is interesting. Like Patty, I think has shown he got through some adversity. I think he shows that he's got a uh, a nice, well rounded uh, tool belt to him. So I would fight you more on Patty Pimblett, almost more than Sean O'Malley, because one, I think that lightweight's gotten a little bit older, a little bit thinner. Whereas I think that Bantamweight has an argument for being one of the best in the sport. For up-and-comers, though, like, look at some guys on the way up, like a Yuri Prohaska, maybe not the best example because he got in deep waters one time. There's some guy, like Hamzat, super dominant, right? You look at those two guys we were just talking about, and yeah, they've won, saved the one fight for Sean O'Malley. I mean, they haven't been completely dominant. You know, they've got hit. Hell, Sean O'Malley couldn't really put away Moutinho, except he eventually got saved in the last round by the referee. In the case of Patty, he's put his chin up high for the first couple of times we've seen him in the octagon, and it's got connected with. Like, it's interesting. Both those guys have a ton of potential, but I also feel like the hype behind them is more than what they've done so far. Yeah, but that's part of the game. Like, I think that these guys having a marketability to them, uh, you know, is just, it, it, it does, you do gravitate towards it. Like if you have a gimmick, like a tie to Ivasa, you know, people will want to pay attention to you. Now for Ty's credit, Ty has now gotten the wins that 
really do establish him as a contender. But beforehand, like he went through a losing streak, but people didn't care because he was the shoey guy. He drank beer. He knocked people out. It's a thing. Derek Lewis, he knocked people out. He did funny interviews. Like if you have something that really just hooks with people, they're going to care about what you do. Darren Till, you know, we spend a lot of time talking to Darren Till on the show. His record probably doesn't warrant it, but people care about him. He's he, he can talk. He's interesting. He gets into trouble out of the out of the cage. You know, he becomes best friends with good fighters. It's it's interesting, you know, so I think that, yeah, there's a lot of hype behind these guys. Maybe it's a little bit more attention than warranted as of right now. Uh, I think, you know, the interesting thing was Patty came out this weekend. I think he said he made uh, 12 and 12 for that fight. People were blown away by that. I made $24,000 for that fight. It's like you, you heard how that crowd sounded. It almost seems criminal, like he went with everybody serenading him. Yeah, and that's not going to, you know, help the whole Jake Paul getting really loud on social media with the fighter pay stuff. And he's right. Like, you know, you can love him or hate him. But when it comes to that, if Patty's right, and he got 12 to show and 12 to win. That is that is criminal. I mean, that is basically stealing from the guy who absolutely had the crowd eating out of his hand. Real quick, I want to get back to what we were talking about. They always say about the UFC, there's levels to this thing. And in the case of Hamzad, for example, he's four fights into his UFC career. And we could be talking about one fight away from fighting for the belt. That's five fights. And that's what the promotion feels about him. Look at Sean O'Malley from the same timetable, essentially. What does he have? Five or six fights now in the promotion. And he's just now ranked and not anywhere near the belt. And it feels like for Patty... He's a guy that's probably a at least three or four fights away from even getting in this conversation. So all I'm saying, BT, is that some guys have hype behind them because they've got the look and they can talk. And then they can also back it up. And we'll see that with O'Malley. We'll see that at Patty Pimblett. I think we know that with Hamzat. But here's the thing, though. The thing that Hamzat has above those guys, that he would fight guys on short notice. He would do the quick turnaround with Patty and with Sean they're almost looking upon themselves as brands already. I didn't think that like Hamzat kind of made himself that on fight Island. The UFC values that if you're willing to be into action and you're willing to be at a calls, uh, a moment's notice to fight that that's why Dana got so mad at Islam, you know, Islam saying, Oh, I'll fight. I'll fight RDA. I'll fight RDA. And then he, and then he backs out you're like, well, why are you going to get on social media? And you're going to act like this, uh, this Twitter tough guy. And then you're going to back all of a sudden, like there's nothing the UFC will go to bat for you more than if you are active, you will go and step in on short notice. That's why Donald Cerrone is beloved by the organization. So I think that's why. Like, if, if Sean O'Malley was fighting through his contract and wasn't talking about, oh, I'm going to handle myself like this, I'm going to, you know, slow roll like a box. They're like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, we if you would have gone at it a little bit harder, then you probably, you probably would be fighting for the title already. I mean, it's why Dan Hooker doesn't have to worry about his job right now because Dana White loves the right. guy that will step in there on short notice. And he even said earlier this week, he was asked the question, what happened to the hangman? He was like, whatever he wants, he's cool. Like, if you're a company man, Dana does stick. I mean, look at the guys that he – look at a guy like BJ Penn. I mean, Dana will show you that he is loyal to a fault. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, you're going to fight me if I tell you that the Philadelphia 76ers are a more talented team than Miami Heat? Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, the Philadelphia 76ers are cowards because we had a big-time matchup on Monday, and they decided to bow out like a bunch of punks. So the Heat gave them a classic letdown performance. Like, why? Why? Well, you know, there's two things. Like, when you're going to show for a main event, don't turn it into a sparring match. You bore me. So who cares? It's, and it's second of all, you have the biggest choke artist in the history of basketball as your most uh, as your prize acquisition. A couple of floppers. You think that's going to work in the playoffs? Because it never does for Joel Embiid, and it never has for James Harden. If in the main event, 
Yeah, if in the main event that we're talking about here, BT, if I can send my, the guys walking out with me into the octagon and they can go get a win, uh, you do that. And that's exactly what happened. The main event was canceled, Jake. You canceled you know what, it. You, you know what happened? Out. It caused absolute out. a meltdown in Miami, as we saw by Butler screaming at Eric Spolstra. That's a Tuesday. I mean, you know, that's how Jimmy Butler says hello to Eric Spolstra. How'd they do last night? I didn't see Don't the final score. Don't worry about last they, night, all right? They, no, they didn't, they didn't blow a 50-point lead against the Knicks. It was 17. It's 17. 17? Not in the fourth quarter, did they? Oh, did I'm sorry. Happen? Oh, everybody else gets to have a bad run. Oh, the Heater decided to have their first three-game losing streak of the season. And all right, all, all right, all right. Still we top of the East, my friends. Good. Coming up next, we need good. We need Sean Zarilla from the Action Network right here. You're locked in the BetQL Network.